0: From American Falls to Malad, we've got the biggest stories in District 5 covered. This is the Southeast Idaho PrepCast with Jordan K. That's right. It is another edition of the Southeast Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, brought to you by Pure Adrenaline Motorsports, your source for pulse-pounding, adrenaline sports apparel, and accessories that ensure you have what you need to unleash your inner beast. Brandon Bainey with Jordan K. from the Idaho State Journal. Jordan, what's going on?
1: Not much, just uh, getting ready for some state tournament action. That's
0: right. State tournament time has arrived in the soccer ranks. And, of course, here on the Southeast Idaho PrepCast, breaking out everything that's happening in District 5 week in, week out. There's a lot of good soccer teams that are representing the district well. It's going to be interesting to see how they compete now on the state stage.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's kind of the, uh, the thing is, you know, you can compare yourself against Southeast Diner Ho all you want, but like everyone around here, like always, you know, Oh, those Boise teams are looming or, Oh, you know, the the teams from up North are looming. So this kind of is the, the perfect chance to, to get to see them. And I think most of them are in Boise. So the nice part is there should be no snow like there was last year. And I know there were a lot of, a lot of coaches not happy when it, their players are kicking around the ball at ankle deep snow.
0: Yes, it's all in the banana belt, a.k.a. the Boise Valley over there in in the Treasure Valley. Um, So, yeah, let's start with the the conversation of teams that are going to be at state representing District 5. You mentioned it. This is the uh, perfect opportunity to finally find out where you fit in on the state stage. And I can't think of a team that's going to fit that more than the Highland girls representing 5A the number one overall seed undefeated in the regular season. That's why they got the number one seed because they seed it now based upon max prep's rankings. They'll start with a district game right off the bat. These were the things we were trying to avoid, but they'll play Thunder Ridge right away. The eight seed in their first match.
1: Yeah, this was the, actually the the five, A district five, six championship match and Highland rolled to a four, nothing win. And I mean, I'd be really surprised if Highland lost granted. we I haven't seen any of the teams in the Boise Valley or anything like that, but, Highland this season is 16 and0 their goal differential is 89 to seven they've allowed seven goals all year they've pitched a shutout I think in their last eight or nine games they've got forwards uh sage rebel who has like you know 27 28 goals and then Abby Christensen who's got 22 I mean this is a team that is just loaded like such dominance that if their you know defense you know maybe kicks the ball once or twice a game it's like oh wow that was a close one holy cow like the thunder ridge game the titans didn't even get a shot on goal to like 15 minutes left in the game i mean it's just pure domination it's like they're you know almost playing against you know fifth graders sometimes it looks like highland is that dominant and i think this is kind of the perfect litmus test to to see like are they just that dominant locally or in the entire state um i think there's some you know trepidation of being like oh you know they're just going to roll to this state title because like, you know, they, they've only been in like one close game. So I think that's the, the one question mark for Highland is, you know, how might they respond to some adversity or getting in a tight game um like that? But man, they have all the skill, all the pieces to, to get it done.
0: Yeah. When I look at this bracket, uh, the, the official pick that I've made and all the other prep casts is Highland against the three seed Boise in the championship. Okay. I will admit I have been leaning toward Boise only because this is a brave team that is used to being at state year in, year out. They've won championships over the past couple of seasons. They have a good talented team as well. And for Highland, this is, this is kind of new for them, right?
1: Yeah. Last year they, they won third place in a real like snowy, um, snowy field up North. And that was actually their first trophy the program had ever gotten. So last year they went into the state, not really, um, with super high expectations. It was like, oh, you know, we're going to come have fun. Hopefully we can win a couple of games. And I think they're going in this year with a much different mindset. Like, you know, we're good enough to beat any team. Like, we should win this. And, that, yeah, but like you're saying, it's not like a – this is not a Highland program that has a ton of trophies in their case or that has long, you know, tradition of winning. So, you know, maybe that's something that that gets them later on. But, um, man, they, they just look really good.
0: Yeah, it'll be so fun to watch them compete at the 5A State Tournament. No 5A boys teams to, to talk about from District 5, so let's move on to 4A. Let's start on the girls' side, where the way the bracket sets up, Pocatello gets the number 4 seed overall. They will play 5th-seeded Bishop Kelly. That is an awfully difficult first-round matchup. BK is somewhat of a dynasty in girls' soccer.
1: Yeah, I was I saw that bracket, and I was like, that is not not exactly where you want to line up, and this was kind of an interesting conference all year because if you remember last season, Preston actually won the state tournament, but they had so many seniors and kind of came back this season, um, just not really as as talented. And Pocatello is one of those teams who really was able to jump up and and grab that spot. They were pretty dominant all season. They've got you know great scores, uh, Raquel Trogden's uh, one of them who's just fantastic. And so yeah, I think Pocatello. I, you know, they have got a shot, but like you're saying, I mean, this is not exactly a program that has, you know, long traditions or history of winning. And you've got to go against Bishop Kelly that first game. And realistically, I mean that might decide it for for Pocatello. You lose and obviously, you know, you have, you know, one more game or whatever. You win. And that could just be the, the confidence boost you need to be like, holy cow, let's beat be Bishop Kelly like we can run through this whole whole slate right now and so that's going to be the one of the interesting things is like what happens that first game and you know do whoever win that game end up making a long run
0: yeah i, I do i think i think the winner of that match uh, could springboard all the way to the championship and for the loser it would be so deflating that like like especially like if bishop kelly loses i could see yeah. them going two two in barbecue pretty quickly just packing yeah. it in and Calling it a tournament for sure. So, yeah, you mentioned Raquel Trogdon. Uh, She's actually a student at Grace Lutheran, right? She plays for the Royals basketball team in the winter, Um, kind of on loaner to Pocatello and they'll take her, right?
1: Yeah, no, I I thought that was really interesting. I was like, did she transfer or something? And I totally forgot because I think she was even playing some volleyball matches for Grace Lutheran this season too, or just kind of going wherever she could. And so, yeah, just a really dynamic athlete who's like, just like, yeah, I'll play whatever you need, like anytime, any school, doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. So yeah, obviously Grace Lutheran doesn't have a soccer program. So uh, co oping with uh, Pocatello there. So for uh, a boys, yeah. we've got uh, in district five, right? We've got Preston all the way down at the number seven seed taking on Hillcrest, the number two seed. I actually think this is a very winnable game for Preston. What are your thoughts?
1: I, I haven't seen Hillcrest. so I, I mean, I can't you know, don't know a ton about it, but uh, the Preston team has been really, really good this season. Kind of con- just consistent because this is like, this was a district that, I mean, they were, I mean, just eating each other. It seemed like any team could win on any night. And, you know, Preston actually handled Century pretty well. Had a couple close games against Pocatello. Ended up closing them out in the, the championship game, which was big. Didn't, you don't ever want that, you know, you're the one seed. You don't want that sudden death, you know, winner leaves um game to decide things uh yeah and they've got you know coach kira matthews who's done a really good job with that program and i don't know a ton about hillcrest but you know sometimes with these max prep rankings it doesn't uh when it factors in too much who you have played against you know i think sometimes there can be chances for upsets
0: yeah so hillcrest uh in the regular season went 14 and 2 and 2 uh right. they won district 6 obviously but i'm not i'm not sure district 6 was like So good because you had Blackfoot, a kind of a sub five hundred team, actually win the district tournament. Right, Hillcrest had to battle their way back and win the state play in match uh, just to get to state. Um, They did. Hillcrest did play Preston way back on the season opener, back on August twentieth, and won three to one. But that was so long ago that you can't really can't really factor that in. So yeah, I think I think uh, Preston actually has a, a decent setup there. Um, and then yeah, Blackfoot's kind of in your coverage area for the for the Idaho State Journal, right in Pocatello as well. Uh, yeah. They're kind of the Cinderella team, the number eight seed. Um, now they'll get to play a Jerome team that I think is overranked. Jerome okay. had a lot of ties in the regular season, and since they didn't have losses per se, that really boosted their stock. So
1: yeah, I no, know. I know Black Blackfoot lost uh, Frankie Garcia last year, who was you know, our, our all area player of the year, and just was a unreal goal scorer like just so dynamic on the pitch. And so they lost him and I think expectations were a little lower for that program but you know props to, to Liam Pope the coach over there at Blackfoot for like rallying that team and getting them to peak at the right time and buy into you know the the program and man I think it's kind of all gravy from here but it'd be really cool if they could win a game or two.
0: Yep, absolutely. Uh I think uh, as we move to the 3A level now I think this is maybe southeast idaho's best shot at uh bringing home uh, a state title you know obviously highland girls we'll see but uh, when you when you talk about uh let's start with the girls bracket when you talk about marsh valley as the uh number four seed again a very difficult opening round draw here playing sugar salem the five seed right out of the gates
1: yeah that's (laughs) uh for a a marsh valley team that i lost i think one game all season it's really kind of a you know punch in the gut to be like oh here's your first round game Sugar Salem like have fun, um, not not exactly what you want to see but man that March Valley team has cruised all season long really cool to see that program um, just be so dominant I mean I think they yeah lost one game uh, most of their you know finishes they were winning by two three four goals a lot of the time I mean they just kind of dismantled you know American Falls and Snake River in a lot of these games and. You know, those are teams that have chances to, you know, get in the state playing game and, and get there. And so, yeah, Marsh Valley, another team that I don't think has been there a ton recently. So it'll be interesting to see how they, uh, you know, kind of you know deal with the whole state atmosphere.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of landmines here for Marsh Valley. I, I think Marsh Valley has the potential to bring home uh, that third-place trophy, but let, let's let say they get past Sugar Salem, then you're playing number one Fruitland, a team that didn't lose in the regular season. They've got a player, yeah. Abby, Abby Rubideau, who's averaging nine points per game. That's goals and assists. What? So if she's averaging nine points per game, that tells you how many goals they're scoring as a team, right? How <laughs> is that
1: even possible? Holy crap.
0: Right. And then if they got past that, somehow you've got the dynasty at the bottom, the number two seed and really should be the number one seed Quarterlane charter. Right. They've won like four yeah. titles in a row and they're mm-hmm. just a dynasty at this point. So um the Marsh Valley girls, I think, have a good chance of bringing home a trophy. I'm not sure it's yeah. the top trophy. And That's then on the on be. the on the boys side, this is where I think American Falls as the number two seed. They're going to play the seven seed Teton. I think American Falls is set up for a really nice run here. the the Their side of the bracket looks looks very winnable to me, and then I think ultimately it would be a matchup with Sun Valley Community School at the top, the number one
1: seed. Yeah, no, I think that's a really uh, favorable matchup for American Falls because if you – Teton had to play, I think, against Snake River in a play-in game to even get in there. So, you know, American Falls has been able to rest the last couple weeks, and now they're going to a state tournament for – you know, the second year in a row, last year, I mean, they were one of the schools who just got killed. They went to post falls or like, I think they were down, got down early, like one nothing. And then the snow just started coming. And I mean, they were playing like the last 30, 40 minutes, just like the ankle deep in powder. And they're just like, what are we doing here? I mean, it's just a terrible, terrible situation. I mean, that program also got hit a ton by COVID last year and they kind of came back this year with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Like, okay, we had, we ran into so much adversity last year. Like let's just come back this season with the clip freshly and see if we can make a run. And man, they have a really favorable seating in that bracket to, to really, to at least get a trophy at least. And then if not, you know, maybe just bring home the whole thing and get a gold.
0: Yeah, I, I think American Falls is set up for a really nice run. So it'll be exciting to, to to watch and cheer on all the teams from District Five as they go compete at state. That starts on Thursday, and uh, depending on you know Caldwell, Boise, they're all kind of in that same area. So over in yeah. the uh, in the western part of the state. But let's uh, let's move on to football now, where. Uh, the big matchup we were all waiting for last week, there was actually a lot of big matchups, but I think the big one people were looking at was that five a battle between Highland and Rigby and the Rams, you know, were very competitive in the first half, but then in the second half, Rigby just blitzed past them as the Trojans ended up winning pretty easily going away 41, uh, 44 to 21.
1: Yeah, this is, uh. One of those things where last year I remember watching that Rigby Highland game and thinking that Highland was almost the better team, not for like a, a muff punk near the goal line, a drop pass in the end zone. It's like, man, Highland could have won this game by, you know, ten points and been fine. And Highland had just been rolling. I think they won their last six games coming into this one. And I thought they had the the defensive, you know, prowess and, and great front seven to be able to stop Tiger Adolfo for Rigby. And I thought they had the the offensive continuity and just such a great passing game that you know, you could really start creating some mismatch problems for for that Trojans defense, and it just didn't go that way. And I, I even heard there was a a pick six that uh, Rigby, like a defensive lineman, intercepted Jack Whitmer and took it to the house. And you know, it just seemed like a lot of unchar- uncharacteristic things for Highland. I mean, you were there. What'd you see?
0: Yeah, so that that was the the Rigby nose guard, Nick Gupo. He uh, intercepted a screen pass and almost took it back. He got pushed out around the four, but. Okay. really remember- Everybody was really hoping it would have happened. Um, Yeah, basically what happened was Highland received the ball to start the game, went three and out. Rigby got the ball, scored on a long touchdown run. Highland got the ball the second time, went three and out again, and from there they were really behind the eight ball. Now, uh, the problem with Highland was they couldn't stop the explosive plays, right? Tiger Adolfo had an 80-yard touchdown run. Zeke Falavai had a 40 four yard touchdown run Jack Whitmer got a big touchdown run of his own he had like a 62 yard touchdown run but but that was the biggest problem was they could they couldn't stop the explosive plays by Rigby and then like I said in the second half you know they got outscored I think it was like 21 nothing you know they just in the second half yeah they just didn't have it in the second half so the question for Highland is where do you go from here and I said this on the post game show on IdahoSports.com. I said, people are going to look at this and all of a sudden think Highland is terrible. Maybe Rigby is just really that good and, and makes every team look like that. Right. Highland could still be the second best team in the state and yeah. maybe just Rigby is that much better. So I, I think Highland is still just fine.
1: Okay. that That's kind of what I was going with too. My bigger takeaway was <clears throat> Rigby is really good. Not that, you know, Highland is dropped down or anything like that. It was uh. And I think that showed in the polls, I think Highlander made it for, which I thought was pretty fair. Yep.
0: So so now Highland has to turn around and play Idaho Falls this week. Yeah. Idaho Falls is a team all of a sudden that's fighting for its playoff life because they lost to Madison last Friday. So even though Idaho Falls and Highlander are both six and two, Idaho Falls is one and two in the conference. And if they lose again, they are out. Even if they win and force a three-way tie, they would have to be on the right side of the tiebreaker uh, to finish in the top three, Idaho Falls, I think is in trouble. Their playoff chances right now, probably like five to 10%. So Highland's yeah. going to get their best shot. So Highland has to be ready.
1: Yeah. I, but I mean, that's a tough one because Highland just killed Madison, just destroyed him. And so it'd be kind of really surprising to me that, you know, a Gino Mariani coach team would, you know, have them just slumping after a loss like that. I think they see Highland is a program that's a perennial power in 5A. They see the bigger picture of these things. I don't think they're going to start dwelling on a loss and end up losing to an Idaho Falls team who lost to a Madison team that Highland just destroyed.
0: Now, I will say, Matt, the Madison Highland played is different than the Madison Idaho Falls played because Madison made a quarterback change. They took their quarterback... Kieran Valora and moved him to wide receiver and they took their starting running back Ben Dredge and moved him to quarterback. And Madison is two and zero since they made that switch with wins did over Thunder Ridge and Idaho yeah. falls. Now I still think Highland is better than this incarnation of Madison, but yeah. uh, I, I don't think Highland is in any trouble this week. They just, they're, yeah. Idaho falls is going to throw everything at them to try and get a win because they're desperate to. So
1: yeah, yep, that makes sense. I did not know about that bad the new look Madison.
0: Yes, for sure. So and, and and now Madison probably will make the playoffs as the third team out of the district yeah. five and six. Idaho Falls uh will be on the sidelines. And I guess maybe that's karma for the way they acted against Rigby. That maybe that's just my personal opinion, but
1: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so Madison's gonna be the biggest Idaho Falls fans this week. Uh
0: no, yeah. so Madison I think Highland. would want Highland to win. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. so so they could clinch that third spot so anyways 4A the big matchup came with Pocatello and Preston and the winner of this game more than likely we thought was going to win the conference title um this was this was a tight one 17 to 14. Thunder win uh late and this was the game you were at right Jordan
1: yeah it was uh, it was a tight one and an ugly one I mean just a lot of turnovers um I think Brecker the the Preston quarterback had three interceptions pocatello in the first half uh ryan Payne quarterback threw an interception Reich and echohawk uncharacteristically had two fumbles i mean it was just it seemed like it, it was like worse than the the game we were at the week before when the teams were playing in rain it was like you're in Holtarita like you hold on to the ball it was just so weird and it ended up you know creating this game where every possession was like for the lead and there was just Pocatello eventually just kind of um, found their found their offensive groove in the, the fourth quarter, had a really long touchdown drive, which, you know, Ryan Payne – actually, it wasn't super long because it came off a turnover. So they had to march about – fifty or it was 35 yards. And they took eight plays in like five minutes to go 35 yards, and Ryan Payne eventually um, punched in from there. But, no, this was more about Pocatello's defense keeping the team in it, which has been such a, a difference um, all season. Spin the offense, the high power, you know, get the ball to to Reich and Echo Hawk and Matt Christensen and Ryan Payne and, you know, let them go to work. And this one was, hey, the defense has got to kind of keep us in this and hopefully we can break through and eventually Pocatello did. But, you know, I I was I came away very impressed with Preston, though, Um, very physical team. They know how to run the ball and then they've got just fantastic wide receivers um, like Tyler Linhart, who is just a monster, had a, a touchdown in the corner of the end zone. Uh, they've got talent, and I think they just kind of beat themselves on Friday, just too many turnovers to overcome.
0: Yeah, uh, Preston and Pocatello both solidly into the playoffs. For Pocatello, if they can defeat Century on Friday, we talked about they'll win the district, they will get a first-round buy, mm-hmm. and, and according to the Max Preps ratings, Pocatello, yeah. as of right now, is still the top-ranked team in 4A, which would mean home-field advantage until the championship.
1: And they know that. They know that. They're pretty aware that, hey, we beat Century. We're going to be the top team, which I don't think has ever happened in uh, Dave Spill. It's like seven years at his alma mater. Um, they've never won a conference. Granted, they were in like the a, a 10-team Great Basin for a long time. But, you know, this is kind of a big year for Pocatello. They're transitioning to the Thunder and look like a really, you know, a team on the verge of having a, you know, five, six, seven-year run that, you know, is really impressive. And this is kind of how it starts and, you know, getting good seating and then winning those games that you need to win.
0: Yep. And for century, they have a lot to play for too, believe it or not, because if, if century beats Pocatello, then you've got a three-way tie for the conference. I'm not sure how that gets settled, but century right now, if you look at the max preps ratings, century is the second team out, right? Right now the final at large spot would go to Bonneville. And after that, it's Moscow and then Century. Well, Moscow doesn't play this week, so they can't improve their positioning. Century, with a win over Pocatello, would leapfrog Moscow and probably Bonneville to get that last at large spot, even if they were on the wrong side of the tiebreaker, which is crazy to think about. But Century also has a lot to play for
1: this week. Wow, that would be a pretty impressive. you know, A three-win three team all of a sudden jumped into the playoffs. But that says, I mean, Century had a fantastic win against Canyon Ridge this week. Uh, they were down fourteen nothing at halftime. Mount this, you know, crazy comeback and score a touchdown with like less than forty seconds to go to end up getting a one point win. You know, Bruin Fleischman, the the big six foot four Air Force commit, had like one hundred and fifty yards receiving, uh, two touchdowns, uh, ten catches. I mean, they they have talent, but like that Max Prep ranking is indicating like they've played a lot of good teams, and that's what's kind of made their record a little deceiving. You know, they haven't had a a lot of great health. They've had a ton of injuries and played a lot of good teams. And, you know, I don't think that's real indicative of, you know, their, their talent level.
0: Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see Century and Pokey, the rivalry game Friday night as well. Yeah. Uh, To the 3A level now where all of the 3A teams played on Thursday night, they had that double header inside Holt Arena. Marsh Valley was up first in a non-conference game with Gooding. They lost 30 to 18, which I thought was actually more encouraging for Marsh Valley than it was for Gooding. And then in the the second game, Snake River basically kept its season alive, defeating American Falls 52-6. to So there's two at-large spots available. And you've got Marsh Valley, American Falls, and Snake River still all in the mix. Did you go to those games on Thursday, Jordan?
1: Yeah, for, you know, hit most of them, yeah. And it was uh, my first time seeing Colston Loveland over at Gooding. And holy cow, is he impressive. I mean, just so big. You're like, oh, which one is he? And then you're like, oh, found him. He's uh, looks like he's double the size of everyone else on the field. Um, and uh, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I thought March Valley played a really good game and I was super impressed with Peyton Howe. I mean, he's five six foot tall, probably weighs like 50 pounds less than Loveland. I mean, he was attacking him. I mean, trying to high point the ball has such a great vertical and, you know, you'll see that Loveland, Oh, you know, he had a this many catches or this many yards, but, Man, it could have been a lot worse, but Peyton Howe, give him a ton of credit for the way he guarded um, one of the better receivers in the entire state of Idaho. So I was really impressed with that, you know, performance. And then, you know, also, you know, March Valley wasn't afraid to run the ball on this Gooding team. I, I think they, you know, were like, this is we're going to kind of try and to insert our will a little bit. And you know, they weren't trying to, you know, go away from anyone or do anything. They they just ran the ball hard. And you know, Bradley Belknap, Michael Belknap. Um, both had really good games. I think the one thing that comes from this is, um, their quarterback Hunter Roche, you know, kind of left the game a little early with an injury. Um, so we'll see if he's back for the final week of the season and, you know, can take them into the playoffs, but yeah, no, I don't think this was real. Um, you know, I think this probably showed that it was a good, good game for both teams. I think both March Valley and Goody can come away from, you know, Thursday night's game being like, all right, yeah, we feel pretty good about ourselves.
0: Yeah, for sure. did Did you see the Harbaugh's from the University of Michigan there? That that was the big Jim was not reading. there,
1: but his son, I think Jay, the tight ends coach, he was on the sideline with some other guy. Um, yeah, they were just chilling. They were just you know walking on the sidelines like not really, no big deal. But it was pretty cool. I mean, it was just this, this Thursday night game. There's like I don't know four hundred, you know, maybe a couple thousand towards the end. That were there, and you're just like, holy cow, there's some Michigan coaches here for this Marsh Valley game. I was like, This is pretty sweet. But yeah, it was cool. But.
0: Yep. Uh so, so now uh so Snake River won the second game 52 to six. Snake yeah. River finishes one and one in district play. And now the big game this Friday is Marsh Valley at American Falls. If the Beavers score the upset and beat Marsh Valley. You've got a three. Well, let's start with if Marsh Valley wins, they win the conference. Snake River gets the second playoff spot. It's very easy. If American Falls wins, you've got this three-way tie, and uh, it's going to be settled by coin flips. <laughs> Basically, uh, if if all three teams end up tied, Jordan, they'll all have a coin flip, and whoever wins the coin flip will get the league title, and then the two losers will have a second coin flip to determine the second playoff spot. That sounds horrible to me. That sounds like a terrible way to have a tiebreaker go. Um, that, so Marsh Valley really would be.
1: That's a ahead. great way to like settle a tie in like 1850. That would be, that's awesome. You know, we couldn't use some, you know, advanced analytics, some metrics, maybe point scored. I mean, that's a crazy one point differential, something, you know, that we could decide who should win this thing. That's insane. Holy cow. Or, you know, record against common opponents, something.
0: So so many other leagues uh, do what's called a Kansas City tiebreaker, where basically it's almost like a jamboree, where the three teams will come together on a neutral side on Monday. Team A will start with the ball at the 35-yard line against Team B, um, and then the three teams will basically have a mini overtime period from the 35 against one another, and that's how they settle it. So. That's uh, kind of fun. That, I like that. Yeah, that's that happened last year in District Six with Sugar Salem and South Fremont and Teton. Oh, they all had to meet yeah. up on Monday and do a little Kansas City tiebreaker. I have no idea why it's called a Kansas City tiebreaker. I just know that it is. So um awesome. Yeah. So so for Marsh Valley, just win. Avoid the coin yes. flip. American Falls has had a nice season, but they're they're a year or two away. They're very young. And Marsh Valley, I think should be able to go take care of business but you never know
1: yeah wow now i'm somewhat rooting for this coin flip just to see the the insanity that would be
0: i imagine it being like did you ever watch the movie friday night lights yeah where they go to like the coffee shop in the middle of or the the diner or whatever it was in the middle of nowhere and that's where they have the official coin the county sheriff's doing the coin flip
1: This, may, this big spectacle, like mayors from towns, or you know, they're in attendance or something, yeah. That right, that would be fantastic, yeah. So, um, uh, in reality, it would probably be over Zoom and you know, really boring,
0: yeah. That's probably you're probably right there. So, that's what's going on in 3A. We'll be watching that Marsh Valley American Falls game very closely. 2A is pretty much set in stone at this point. West Side won the title 53 to nothing over Aberdeen. Um, Aberdeen and Bear Lake now are going to play on Thursday night for second and third place in, in the conference. That's a game that we will be broadcasting on Idahosports.com. I'll be there for that one as Bear Lake travels to Aberdeen. I think both teams are pretty solidly in the playoffs, regardless of what happens here. But, um, Aberdeen really has seemed to, to lose their momentum.
1: Yeah, they have. You know, I think, <clears throat> I think Brody Beck got injured too. I don't know if he played against West or no, he did not play against West side. So, you know, that that could be a little indicative of why the score was so high. So it'll be interesting if Brody Beck can come back for that bear Lake game. But yeah, I know I, we saw their opening win against American falls. We're like, Holy cow. Like this team could be like, you know, a top five team in the the entire classification in two A And, You know, I think week by week they've, you know, ran into some problems, some health issues, other stuff, and just haven't kind of sustained that momentum from week one. And then you've got a Bear Lake team that's got three losses, and you look at the three losses, and it's Westside, the number one team in 2A, Firth, the number two team in 2A, and Jackson Hole, which is, like, practically a 4A team in Wyoming. Like, if those are your three losses, like, you know, people can't really judge you on those. Like you're not, you're not supposed to win those games. And so I actually put Bear Lake in my rankings this week. I was like, who, who realistically has a better resume, better wins than Bear Lake? Like they, you know, they're on the up and up. And so that's going to be such a fun matchup that has some implications this week.
0: I think that's reflected in the, uh, the max preps ratings because when you look at the two way rankings, Bear Lake is ranked fifth.
1: fifth. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think I think the proof's in the pudding there. So that'll be a fun game on IdahoSports.com Thursday night. Aberdeen Bear Lake. I think both teams make the playoffs. It actually
1: it actually got moved to Friday night.
0: It did. Yeah. When did that happen? Okay, this is bra- I breaking news, yeah. dude. last week.
1: Yeah, that's what I heard.
0: Oh wow. Okay, so uh, that's good to know. <laughs> Maybe we won't be doing that game Friday night. We'll have to double check and see now. This is good yeah. stuff. See, this is why we bring you on, Jordan.
1: Perfect. I'm glad I can help you. I now I would have loved to have seen you just show up to like a random Aberdeen game at, you know, on Thursday night, You're like, we're ready to go, guys. And then no one's there.
0: All the lights are turned off and nobody's <laughs> yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, that would have been very interesting. Okay, so let's uh, let's quickly go over the 1A stuff. Uh, pretty much everything is set in stone. Uh, basically, just the conference titles will be decided this week. Butte County is going to travel to Grace. The winner of that wins the league. The loser of that is comfortably in the playoffs. And then yep. at the D2 level, same thing with Rockland and North Gem. They're going to meet up in Bancroft on Friday afternoon. Winner wins the league. Loser still into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, it's all about seeding there. I mean, those are big games just to win for, one, bragging rights, and two, like, make sure you have an easier path to the state title.
0: Yep. So uh, either way, I think uh, District 5 and 6 in in the eight-man game will be well-represented at state, good opportunities to, to go deep for several teams, so... Yeah. All right, Jordan, we've arrived next week. We're going to have actual football brackets to break down and talk about. We're going to have uh district volleyball action to recap yeah. and talk about. And uh, yeah, it's, we're, we're here. We are at the Mecca of fall sports in Idaho.
1: I know. So what is it? It's five weeks until the state title. Is that right? Is that right?
0: Yeah, I think so. You're counting down, aren't you?
1: I was I was thinking about it. I'm like trying to do it in the math in my head. I think it is. Yeah, cuz one more than 4 weeks of playoffs, right? Uh yeah. Yep. Yeah,
0: First right. round quarterfinal semi championships, yep. You're right.
1: Wow. All right.
0: Look look at us doing math. Okay. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, Jordan, uh, what's real quick give a plug for what's going on at the uh Idaho State Journal. What are you working on this week?
1: Yeah, doing a lot of uh, you know, Idaho State basketball stuff. Enough, so you know, try to work on some stuff for that, and then the football team, uh, you know, not off to the best start on the planet, but still some fun guys to talk about it and, and things like that. And then I think we'll probably be at Holt Arena this week, believe so. We can see you know the Highland Idaho Falls game and then the Pocatello Century. So, anytime you can see all three of the city schools on the same night, you kind of got to go.
0: Yep, for sure. Well, we're looking forward to uh the uh, fantastic recaps you're going to write around those games. On uh, Friday, ISU coverage. Basketball team, I will say real quick, uh, they've got uh, one of the guys that has like the coolest names ever Tariq Cool, right?
1: Yeah, and he's Tarek. Tarek. Oh, Tarek.
0: Sorry, Tarek Cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I Tarek think it's Kuhl.
1: so sick. I'm like, dang, that's awesome. And he's from Arizona, too. So there you I'm go. Like more. Yeah.
0: Yep. All right. Uh that'll do it for this edition of the Southeast Idaho Prep Cast. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. For Jordan K. I'm Brandon Bainey. We'll see you back here next time on Idahosports.com.